What is up? Welcome to the American Peloton. I am Jonathan Crane. I'm a mediocre cat to cyclist out of Birmingham, Alabama. I am Ben, um, former elite mountain biker, current head coach at Skyway Cycling, current team director at Skyway Cycling presented by Domestique Coffee. Um, we got a lot of news, so let's, as we usually do, just go ride right into it. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff, so... I guess up top, I got to give a shout out to um, Criterium Nation podcast, Rob Kelly, for having me on, uh, I guess, last week, two weeks ago. Recent episode, talking about the NCL. Um, really appreciate him inviting me on. Hopefully, we got a new... I saw a bump in subscribers to this channel, so hopefully, we got a few new people joining us tonight. We're going to talk about bike racing all over America including some NCL stuff. If you're here for the latest and greatest in um, NCL coverage, we're definitely going to get there in the main chunk of this, the show. I, I guess as we normally do, we're going to like start local and, and go bigger from there. So uh, first I just wanted to shout out the temple of zoom series, which is our local criterium series. We've got week three happening tomorrow. Ben, are you going to race that? Oh, for sure. I'm, I don't plan on missing a single a single week. Um, I might even do two races. We'll see. Um, nice. I but. tried to talk my physical therapist into letting me race today, and he was like, "You need give it one more week." So I'm hoping to be out there at the next one. So if I am, I'm definitely gonna run the GoPro and uh, you know give it give it the full treatment. I did do my first like group ride since my bevy of injuries, ankle, shoulder, uh, all that stuff. Last night, which was awesome, did the Tuesday Night Worlds Did you ride. GoPro last night? No, I did not. I didn't think I would have anything worth GoProing, but it turned out um, Jay Brun from the Zwift Next Team was there. Um, I ended up in a two-man break that went all the way with Thor from Dirt Camp uh, Pro yeah. Pro Cycling. And there I was jumped in. A lot in. of like fun attacking and pack dynamics that whole because we had a crazy crosswind. It just started off, and then blockhead wind, tailwind, blockhead wind. So it yeah, was, it was like a good, lots interesting of fun night. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Everybody hates on that course, but I don't hate it as much as everybody else. I hate it. <laughs> like I, I think everybody it hates it, but it always races well. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't race well at for until people realized that we actually had to like race it hard to get like a proper like a group going. Like until then, it raced terribly because there weren't enough like attacking. There wasn't enough attacking and like things to make it hard to get some of the people who like don't maybe don't need to be going thirty it plus in a group. Yeah, it didn't split up enough. Group, so. I'll, I'll say this. I think we just need to add another loop on. So like right now the race, the race simulation is like 40 minutes. I think we need to add another loop. So it's like 60 minutes. I think that would do it anyway, moving from our like immediate sphere. So we had some guys out at tiger town, right? Yeah. Well, we had two, both were in the pro one, two, three. Um, And like before we even had a chance to like ask how it go, how it went, he uh, Rob Sorrell um, sends a text to our to our team Discord and goes, "Ty Magner just lapped the field and almost lapped it twice," and we were like, "Yeah." <laughs> we're so, like, 
It's crazy. Yeah. Ty um, lapped the field, and it wasn't because no one was there. If you look, second place was Gabe Mendez, who we interviewed two episodes back about the NCL. Um, and then we got Owen Schott in third from Velobrew, who, if you don't know, like he's been Masters National Champion, uh, made some winning breakaways at ACC Pro Races, um, an NGCA rider, which they are going to be doing NCL per the NCL team announcement. Um, so yeah, it was a there. There were I mean, people hold, at this hold race. Up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this. You're seeing Carrie this. Warner was there. Former Pan American Cross champion Carrie Warner was there. Yeah, and he was That's crazy, and he was sixth. Yeah, so I pointed all those out. Oh, also. In thirteenth uh, down here, Enzo Hincapi, which yeah. that is, that is the Hincapi you're thinking of. It's George's son, Enzo. Um, I think he's still even a three, so he's getting those points. He's moving on up. But yeah, my point in mentioning all of those results was to be like, this isn't one of those things that has happened to me before, where Ty shows up to what is essentially a, a local race, and he's like the only like pro guy. And so he's just running circles around everybody. Yeah. There he's were done that at Auburn a couple times. He's done yeah. it like he'll just like show up randomly to like random he, local Southeast races and like lap the field three times in a crit and go home. Back when he was on United Healthcare, he used to show up to the cyclocross races in Georgia sometimes in his UHC kit with the um the helmets that looked like a stormtrooper helmet. UHC had like particularly crazy helmets back then. And uh he he would show up in that insane helmet and on a full suspension, like full squish full squish mountain bike with two point fours. And like I don't know, I actually I don't think he ever lapped me, but definitely coming close to lapping me. Just definitely so wiping the floor with me on a tire that had like 40 50 more watts of rolling resistance right right yeah for you to go like 250 average and he's like 300 average just to go the same speed so he's doing like 350 or something crazy and he's like, a a bigger boy monster. than i am yeah he, he's he got some serious watts on me um so i i think i say that to say we, we've raised the question of like you know where's legion at how are they going it seems like everyone from legion is sort of doing their own regional stuff and they're kind of like slowly ramping up. I guess that is a little bit of a natural transition to one of the things we had on the docket, which I appreciate after every show comes out, there are a bunch of people who send me little tidbits that they know about what's going on or just, you know, want to chat about American racing. And one thing that came in after the last episode, I was talking to a guy who's, team had flirted with doing the ncl and uh i asked him hey what's going on with crt and he was like i think that's maybe not happening so it looks like oh also i found out what the acronym is supposed to be circuit race tour interesting so the acronym yeah yeah the acronym for a race series that may or may not be happening but he was saying that his team was and i don't want to burn my sources here but this is a someone who would know his team was uh, talking to Legion about joining this series up until a month ago, month and a half ago. And then it kind of went up in smoke. So they are 
building their entire schedule. This is a domestic elite team that races nationally. They're building their entire schedule, assuming that CRT does not happen this year. So that may just be off the table. Which that I mean, if CRT is completely off the table, that kind of alleviates some of our initial concern at the start of the year with like saturation and it being too long of a year. Like, yeah. I want there to be more racing, but I think the, there there's either there lack can of only organization be... or they're realizing the saturation or pulling yeah. the brakes a little bit. There can know. only be so many like national level criteriums, you know. At least yeah. like we can only jump to so many more in one season and we were like trying to basically double the number that are out there in one season without doubling the amount of teams. It just it was it was too big of a jump too fast. Um yeah. going from you know ACC existing and having a successful season to then add NCL, add CRT, and then you got all the other races that are not a part of any of those series, but still kind of on that level, like your armed forces, your the other eight races of Dairyland, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was just it was more races than than we could really support, I think. Yeah, and I think maybe they looked at it and they're like, this isn't gonna work this year. We don't have it organized enough. Or they just said, hey, there's too much. We're gonna pump the brakes, re, you know, reevaluate, figure out how we can integrate it more effectively. Or maybe they just like need a little bit more strategy to pull it off. Yeah. I don't know. That does beg the question though, because we had kind of posited like maybe the reason we're not seeing Legion racing as a team this early at any of the early stuff is that they're going to do a slow build and then really focus on CRT, which would make a ton of sense. And same thing with aviators and um, blazers that are kind of the like Legion offshoot teams. They've been doing the same thing. Like uh, Iman Lucas was out at some California um, local races last week. Um, He's on aviators. I think they're all kind of just saying like, do your local stuff early season, but None of them have released uh, full schedules, so I'm I'm wondering if we're going to see any of those teams doing the full ACC, or if or if all three of the Legion teams are going to do the same thing the NCL teams are doing, where they pick and choose, and none of them do the full series, but all of them do some. There's overlap, like there is always a Legion team at all the ACC races. Yeah, but all three don't do the whole series. That that might be what they're going for. Um... Like we we know that Ty wants to win the Speed Week overall. Like that's and he's fit for it right now. I think that we're gonna see Ty maybe peak for this because I know like we know that some of those big national races he's gonna be working for Corey, Justin, somebody else. So Yeah, I think I think, I think that's probably like the biggest stipulation in his contract is like he has to be the leader at uh at Athens. That yeah. that's my guess. I don't I haven't seen his contract, but I'm betting that um, he's going to be the leader at Athens, which I I think another reason I wanted to bring that up is I think he is probably the strongest rider on Legion at the moment. Honestly, he's he's the most well-rounded, I'll say, like he can win from a breakaway. He can force the breakaway. He can sprint with almost anybody in the country. Yeah, I think he's definitely like you know how they do a tire chart and it's a circle and it's like durability, puncture resistance, speed, grip. Like he has the most complete, like he's hitting 
four out of five of those points. Like, and I don't think anybody else on Legion is doing that. I think they're a lot more specified. And I sprint. I I'm a workhorse. Uh, so I think he's the strongest overall, probably. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, I will say. Uh, automatic released a schedule or at least i've seen a schedule from them and they are not going all in on acc the way they did last season they've got some some targeted they i think the deal is they're going to have a squad at all of the acc races but they are not going to send their like full a squad to every race and i don't think uh tom is going to chase the overall the way he has in the past I think that's a strong play for them. Um, I think for them, it took a lot of budget, time, and resource to do all of those races. And I don't know if they got the return they were hoping for. I know, like, we know Tom is really focused on track right now. Like, he wants to go to the Olympics for track. So I think there's going to be, like, for him, a little more emphasis on that. And I think they're going to send people to ACC and, like, be a proper team, but maybe not put all their eggs in that basket. So I hope that we do end up getting at least a couple of races where we do have like both NCL teams, all three Legion teams and automatic at the same race. And we don't get a thing where like they don't all face off at one time because they're kind of like splitting, splitting their energy. I do think that ACC is going to be like the premier. That's going to be sort of like the clash of the Titans series this year where, um, that Venn diagram overlaps the most. Yep. Yeah, I think that makes sense because, like, we know the Legion teams are not, like, we know who's doing NCL for sure. And so, like, so all those teams, like, the most of the Premier teams are not doing NCL, we know. So, yep. That's going to be ACC is where they're all going to clash. And then the, the Premier NCL teams that, like, Denver Disruptors, Miami Knights are strong. Those rosters are crazy. Like ACC is gonna be the big, the big show this year. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm excited. I think we're both planning. I, I'm hoping to be able to race, um, Athens. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna get clearance from the doctors for that. I don't know if that's gonna be wise, but I'm definitely gonna be at um, the first two. That's that's what I'm hoping is that I'll be at Athens and I'll be at uh Sunny King. So. We'll be there on site. Uh, I'll definitely have some other content around that. So hopefully we'll have like eyes on the first couple of races of the season. Um, yeah. I want yeah, to talk about. We'll be at Athens. Go ahead. Most of, no, I'll definitely be at Athens and Hapeville and College Park and LaGrange. Like I'll be at all of the speed week that aren't in the middle of the week. So we'll definitely, and then, and then Sunny King. So we'll definitely have I've been eyes thinking on about there. going the other way. I might. Uh, like take speed week off and like go watch Athens and then do the two, three races of some of the ones during the week that are like a little bit less of a dogfight. with my shoulder right now. The deal is basically like I could race today. I'm, I'm like structurally sound enough to race. I am not structurally sound enough to crash. So yeah. if I fall on this shoulder again, it's like I'm going straight to surgery and I do not want to do that. So yeah. Uh my PT who does like ride bikes and race bikes, uh he was like, You should race and you need to start like building that muscle memory up again, but also like don't just go 
jump head headlong into like the craziest stuff with the highest chance of crashing. So I'm going to, I'm going to be easing my way back in, but yeah, speed week, super psyched for speed week. I hope they stream all those races again, like they did last year. Even if I'm out there, I'll probably like rewatch or something, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. But speaking of races that are like things we had talked about doing at least, and things we'd mentioned on the show, Joe Martin, um, had, we talked about how we were losing stage races and Joe Martin had, we had planned to do it. And then they axed the amateur race. They have now brought it back. Question mark. Sort of. They're like, I don't, they're adding like an amateur one, two, three. So yeah. like the, an amateur one, two, three will take place over the course of what was going to be, or what was going to be the amateur stage race. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why they would just make it a one, two, three. Cause if they're saying we have to have 125 people or else we won't do it, which is confusing because now it's, if I'm a one, two or three wanting to do that race, what am I paying into? Like if I pay that and they only have 120 people sign up, like what am I actually paying for? Am I going to get a refund? Like it is, makes a lot of question marks happen to where like i i don't see them coming back for that like i don't i don't see an amateur race actually happening i want to say it's good that they realized the mistake but also yeah it's like maybe too little too late for this year i hope that this is not the death knell of the uh amateur race but you know arkansas is like not it's not super easy to get to even for us. And I think there are probably a lot of other amateurs that are in the same position that we are, where they were thinking about or planning on doing it. And then when it was announced that it wasn't happening, they just kind of moved that, that um, like whatever resources, real estate on the calendar to, to something else. And you're not going to change again on the hope that it's maybe going to happen. We're not. Yeah. That's the thing is like from a business perspective, like one thing that keeps your customers is like reliability and consistency. So like you have to be consistent in what you do. So the, for them taking something off, that's fine. If you don't want to have an amateur stage race, fine, take it off, but then don't double back. And then like, don't put out another thing on bike edge saying that it's going to be like a two, like it's going to be like a time trial and crit and then a Fondo. Like, there's too much confusion about it. It's like if you have like a streaming platform and you change the UI every three months, people are going to stop subscribing because they can't figure your app out. Like people aren't going to keep, people aren't going to register for a race if they don't know what they're actually registering for anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to create a little bit of confusion, but so moving from like uh, an American racing negative that we've talked about before, to an American racing positive, we have mentioned in the past the uh, Matteo Jorgensen, so some of the good results that American riders have had on the on the world tour scene. And I feel like this year we've had more of those to talk about than any previous year. Not that this show has been going, but like, you know, we're always having these conversations and there's been yep. a lot of good ones this year. Yeah, like. 2023 has been a really good year for Americans in the world tour. Um, like Nielsen, top, Mateo Jorgensen, top 10 at Flanders. That's, yep. that's pretty big. 
yeah, that's huge. Like, when's the last time an American got top ten at Flanders? Was it like, was it Taylor Finney? Maybe was he even? Did did Hincapie finish the year? He oh no, that was Roubaix, right? Where he broke his bars. Yeah, it was Roubaix. So like, yeah, we can't even like name the last time someone got a top in America got a top ten at Roubaix, and two people from America were top ten at Flanders this year. Um, Nielsen Palace fifth place was in the break all day. Like yeah. he was in the early break, stuck it out, right, and then sprinted for fifth, like. He lost the sprint to Wout. I think it's a, it's a big deal that you know. these are um, that they are not just having big rides, but they're like, you know, animating the race, making moves. They're not just kind of sneaking in there on a on a technicality or like being that guy that sits at the back of the group that gets underestimated and gets like, you know, a, a sneaky or a, or a cheeky result. Like these are. These are legitimate rides that, you know, I I don't want to do the thing that we as Americans always do, though, which is to um, we get someone who does well. And then we say, say, like, this is the next Lance. We got an American winner of the tour here. So no pressure, Mateo. You're doing great. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. You know, yeah. Sepp Kuss, keep it up. All you guys don't don't worry. I don't expect you to win the tour. I appreciate the results as they're rolling in, you know, just keep, keep riding hard and rolling those dice. Yeah. Like I don't care if we ever have a American tour de France winner. Like as long as we have guys that are consistent, riding hard, getting results, whether it's in grand tours or classics or monuments, like as long as that's happening, like having a strong GC rider, like I'm okay. Like I don't want to trade having a strong GC rider and having no other people, like getting results. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I would love if an American did win the tour. I guess what I'm saying is like every time we have someone who's good at all at anything, then we force them to, to try to be a GC rider and try right. to be a GC rider for the tour specifically. And then right. that pressure and probably the fact that that's not like actually what they're good at ends their career. So we're not that's going fair. that way yeah. with any of these guys. We're, we're fine with how they're doing. We appreciate their efforts. Um, yeah. Oh, another thing we wanted to talk about on today's show is that um, ACC is not going to be on outside this year. Thank God. That was those streams were so hard to find. Like until you like, like we got in the habit of checking outside, but the first like Sunny King stream, like I was telling people, hey, this is live stream, but like I don't know how to find it yeah and then like it took until like 20 minutes for the race to find the stream it's that's gonna be a big youtube yeah that's a big like, part of why i was doing what i was doing last year and doing my watch alongs on twitch and on youtube because i knew there were a lot of people out there who knew that the race was happening and just would not know where to find and i had people finding my stream on youtube and then saying Hey, where are you watching this? And I would give them the link to outside. Like you can just go around me if you want to. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, hang out with the people who want to watch it with me. I'm not trying to like gatekeep the outside stream or whatever, but with that in mind, you know, I'm probably not going to be doing a YouTube watch along while there's a stream happening on YouTube, but I'm definitely going to be making content about those races and we're going to be talking about them here, but yeah. They're also not streaming all of them, though. So only some ACC races have a stream 
lined up already. Um, others are it, like in the process of maybe figuring that out, but it may be that there there are less of them, but they are easy to easier to get to this year. Yeah, because I think like the way the outside partnership was going, outside was footing the bill for those streams, so that's why they were fairly you know higher quality, reliable happening every single one except except the one in Rochester like. The ones that like we like really were like I want to watch this one. The streams failed, <laughs> but um, like the so again like we've talked about how you know you can get a decent stream for not a lot now. So I'm hoping these races that were heavily relying on the outside stream tech were like taking taking notes and like okay we can implement this to maybe a slightly lesser extent. Yeah, I think um. The CBR races, which we've talked about on here, are um, proving that that you can do a pretty, you know, those live streams are not on the level of production that the ACC streams were on, but they're also doing those on a fraction of the budget. So I think yeah. now the budget that ACC has should continue to go farther and farther you know, it's it's getting easier and easier to do these streams. If CBR can run a drone to cover like the back half of the course that they can't get with a camera, you know, that that's clearly becoming easier to do. So I hope yeah. that um continues to get better. Speaking of um sp- speaking of those California races, um Team Six, who upset Corey and Justin a few weeks ago at CBR had a win this week. Yeah, they they won Tour de Marietta. Um, I don't know how big of a race Tour de Marietta was, but like it's big enough for us on the East Coast to have heard of. Um, they won it, so it was cool to see another like them repeat a similar result, like not just be a flash, but yeah, seeing a level of consistency to that. I think they're going to be fun to watch this year. Yeah, and some of those guys reached out after the uh, last show. Forgive me, I was trying to pull up their Instagram. You know, one of you guys, if you're watching, send me a link to the to the team Instagram. I cannot find it right now. I'm trying to throw it up on the screen. But yeah, a few of those guys reached out after the last show and were like, hey, thanks for talking about us. Appreciate yeah. it. So yeah, shout out to them. Hope to see them again, mixing it up on that national circuit with the NCL teams, the Legion teams, you know, all those. It's going to be a really interesting year. There's a lot of teams coming in very hot, and they're due to the, the stuff we've talked about in other shows about how the scene is sort of like stage races are dwindling. I think all of these new teams are they're kind of being funneled into these national races. There's a lot of teams stepping down from like the pro Conti level, and then a lot of teams stepping up from amateur to like uh what is that elite domestic elite domestic elite yeah so there's a lot of domestic elite teams that are looking to race nationally that are like actually there's a lot of talent um yeah so it's gonna be a good season it's gonna be fun to watch yeah like i think this year is gonna be the most exciting year for crit racing since like 2018 probably i mean yeah because that that's like the last year before the legion train like really took hold of everything and that's like the last year of red hook i think yeah so, like this is going to be a really fun year to watch and that was 
a year where so like the legion train brought a lot of eyeballs into the sport and a lot of like it was a storyline that was easy for people to to grasp it was like a tiger woods event where it was like there's this one powerful force in the sport and if you're an outsider you can just kind of like watch this team the way people who weren't paying attention to golf or like if you want to go back to Lance Armstrong the way people Americans were like yeah. I don't really understand cycling but I know that Lance Armstrong is good so I'm going to like watch him do the tour I think Legion did that for crit racing a few years ago yep but then it has not been the most exciting thing to watch it's impressive to watch them just like sit on the front and motor the whole time but it hasn't been the most like dynamic racing and yeah. Part of their goal was to raise the level, and I think they have raised the level. And other people are potentially maybe starting to catch up. We'll see this year, I guess. Yeah, I think teams are catching up, and if they're not caught up, like they're gonna, it's gonna be really evident. I think there's gonna be five, six, seven teams that are on that level ripping it, and I think those five, six, seven teams that aren't quite there, I think we might see a, a decent disparity or see like the one or two stars on those lower tier teams like have crazy seasons and then they get on those bigger tier teams next year. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um I think that covers so we we've c- covered all of the non-NCL stuff, I think. And this is this is it. This is the week of NCL race 1. So we got a couple of little segments I want to do about NCL coming up. Uh, the first of which is someone sent me this article from jralong.com. Um, I'm putting the a link to this article in the description of this video, but it is about the previous incarnation of NCL, which apparently ran from 1988 to 1994. This is something that I had heard... I'd heard people batting around like, oh yeah, they tried this in the 90s. And I, what I thought people meant by that was just like, there was a, a league that was either doing points-based crits or doing city-based teams or like some combination of those, but it was literally called NCL, which I did not realize. This um, article goes into a lot of the history of it. There's some recognizable writers. Chris Horner was in there. Um yeah, if yeah. <laughs> one of the only uh, American Grand Tour winners who hasn't had their Grand Tour revoked for doping. So it wasn't just, you know, nothing. Steve Tilford, there's some pretty interesting uh, old Houston Outlaws was one of the teams. And I'm I'm looking at the logo right now. Pretty cool, honestly. I like. I, I, I would love just that on a jersey. Uh, I think on the slow ride, they were batting around some potential names, and uh, the Owls was was one they were saying the um, Ohio Owls or something like that. It was a, it was definitely an Omaha Owls, I think. But yeah, Houston cool. Outlaws, pretty cool. That's a cool logo. That's like a tattoo. Yeah, like just that, just the face there, like a good tattoo. If they can get their graphic design, if the new NCL can get their graphic design on this level. Um, I'll buy some merch for sure. I would love to find like a t-shirt of this on eBay or something. Um, The the coolest thing, there's a bunch of cool stuff in this article. And again, there's a link here. Uh, There's an article from winning magazine here, 
the coolest thing in it is there is a full race video. There's an entire race from Toronto, 1994. The original NCL was apparently international. They had a Toronto team. They had an Italy team. The race that we're looking at right now only had three teams in it. I watched this entire race the other day. Um, They did the point structure a little different. Honestly, the previous NCL that I did not know about when when we were talking about the point series, or the point structure, rather, they did their point structure closer to what I wish this NCL was doing, which they did every three laps is a points lap, and then those points go five deep rather than every lap is a points lap, and then they're one through three deep. Yeah. They also did last lap is double points. Same thing. I like a five deep model. Like, I love, like, a wide-angle podium. I think five makes sense. So, like, NCL, I feel like, should have had, because then you can create bigger points gaps or, like, more interesting point like tabulations going five deep you know so i don't know yeah the shakers and the outlaws are two i guess is it toronto i guess the shakers is the toronto there was a miami team too in this league so it does okay i'll say having watched this and kind of like gaming out some of the things that i was thinking about what might happen with nco I will say it is dynamic racing. It was fun to watch. This whole thing went by really quickly because there is a point sprint every three laps. So there's always someone trying to do something, whether it's somebody trying to get up the road early to get those points, other teams chasing them back, the things splitting after a sprint. Like it is pretty dynamic, but I think that tempo of like every three laps, it's a sprint makes them real sprints like they are actually sprinting on those every three laps yeah i'm not sure if we're going to see that in in this ncl so that's like a positive but also what we're looking at right now there are no points on screen and they don't do a great job i mean this was 1994 so the the capability graphics wise was not quite as good but watching it i did keep having to rewind because i would be like wait is this a points lap? And then I would like lose track and not know. They don't do a great job of saying like the lap that is beginning now is a points lap. So key into what's going on. And then there's also not like instant point tabulation happening all the time. So while I am watching some pretty aggressive racing, I'm not totally sure what's going on. Also, all of their jerseys look too similar. (laughs) Yeah. The jerseys are all like identical almost. I'm, this is like bike nerd coming out, but I'm seeing, do you, are, are you familiar with the Scott mass start legal arrow bars? Yeah. The ones yeah, where I, the I'm drop. seeing a few of those in here and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Out. So I've where never they... seen anyone actually, I have a pair. I own a pair of them, but nice. I've never seen anybody actually use them. So I'm yeah. like, I like picked them out and I was like, Oh, that's so cool. So There's also a guy in here with a uh, double spinner G's the, not the, not the tri-spoke solid carbon wheels, but the spinner G's that are like the four big carbon oh, spokes. <laughs> and he wins a couple of sprints on them. There's also a guy sprinting right now with a serious ponytail. There's some great uh, 90s stuff in here. They're also all in skin suits, which I feel like for 94, that's like pretty progressive. This is pretty, you know, like, like LeMond did that in the tour in like, what, 89 maybe? 
something like that. Because 89 was the year where he like went full in on some Arrow stuff, and that's why he won. So Yeah. Like, but I feel like most everyone in the 90s was writing like pretty baggy stuff. So that was like club cut, like was the standard. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're popping these points up here and there. But a lot of what they're doing is like showing uh, the lineup for a team and then how many points they had scored total that season and stuff like that. You really almost need it. This confirmed something I thought, which is you almost need for this to be like a video game with like a a GUI, like a heads up display. That's just like constantly showing you what's going on in the race. Otherwise you are just kind of watching guys ride hard. Uh, It's good, interesting racing. And it was, again, there's a link uh, below the YouTube video. I will put it in the description of the audio podcast too. If you want to link out to this and watch it, probably by the time a lot of people watch this, um, or listen to this episode, we're going to be pretty close to the actual NCL race, race number one happening. But yeah, interesting stuff about the previous NCL. It does seem like it lasted for five years, which is not a bad run, but also there was a little bit of bad blood at the end. They were going to do a championship in Monte Carlo and that just never happened and a bunch of people didn't get paid and it just kind of went away. So geez. Yeah. Yeah. Hope that doesn't happen again, but that kind of brings me to, to our prime segment of the night. Before we do that, do we want to go over the teams that are going to be racing the NCL? Like, do do we want to do that first or do we want to do that during Uh, that segment? (laughs) Do you have it in front of you? I can get it in in front of me in like 30 seconds. Yeah, because we are alive, and that is not one of the, you know, 10 things I have pulled up already. So I'm I'm getting it up. Cool. If you can do that, that that is one of the things that um, got announced in the wake of the podcast I did with Criterium Nation. You know, I, I do feel like we maybe came a little bit hard at the NCL in that podcast, but it did result in them sort of answering some of the questions that were unanswered, including who are the teams that are going to race. So, you know, I feel like that was maybe warranted. I don't know, but we are going to try and give NCL a pretty fair shake tonight. Um, And I'll say for, for everyone listening and watching my official stance on NCL at this point is I am Excited to watch it. Skeptical because of the history of these things in cycling and the fact that I don't understand what their business model is long term. But so excited, but skeptical is my official position. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I have their website listed up. The desktop site doesn't like. Of course doesn't like show which teams are partnered with which. So I'm going to pull up their Instagram on my phone. Yeah. And like share the screen for the list of teams and then go to their Instagram on my phone and kind of go who's partnering with who. Sure. Sounds good. All right. So sharing the screen now. Good. Did it really just do that? (laughs) I like pulled the, um, I, like when you when you pull the tab and it creates a whole new window on accident. Yep. Yeah, it did that. Okay. 
So the participating teams, and we kind of mentioned earlier that some of the more premier teams aren't doing it. Um, so we already knew a lot of teams that weren't doing it. So let's say who we know the Miami Knights, Denver Disruptors, those are the built in NCL teams. Yep. Who's filling out the rest of that roster? All right. So CCB Alpine presented by the Levine Law Group is going to be partnered with Foundation Cycling New York. Those are kind of like partner sister team. You might remember CCB Foundation, the under 23 development team. Um, those are kind of, they were the, like CCB is the women's team of that and Foundation is the men's team of that. Um oh. I want to say like uh, Adam Meyerson maybe did his last season with Foundation and um, like Dan Chabanov used to race for them. Somebody in the chat tell me if I'm wrong there, but I think that was true. That was before it was CCB Foundation. That was like yeah, just Foundation. Yeah, and then Fount Cycling Guild, they're having a men's and women's team racing together. Um, I know nothing about that team. Do you know anything about that team? Their kit was very familiar when I looked at it, but I I don't know anybody on it or and I guess I don't we're gonna find out. Yeah, right. We'll find um, out on Saturday. So we have Goldman Sachs ETFS racing pairing with Texas Roadhouse. That's gonna be a fun one to watch. That's one of the two pairings that I think can really make the NCL teams work for it a little bit. Um then the you know, Texas Roadhouse, Drew Dillman, Cade Bickmore. Cade Bickmore's still on them, right? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. We haven't seen them race as a full squad yet this year, so I guess we're going to find out who they do and don't have still at this first yeah. race. Um, who's the guy with the mustache who races for them? Um, Fergus. Yes, Arthur yeah. Fergus. Fergus Arthur. Fergus I've never Arthur, known something one. like that. Yeah. 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 And He's then, good. yep. And then, uh, Monarch Racing is a women's team pairing with Team Mike Spikes. That is the team of NorCal Cycling, um, drawing a blank on his name. That's Jeff, his team. Jeff coming. Linder. Yep, Jeff Linder. That's his team. They're racing together. Um, another like team, when I saw that, I was like, that's odd. They've had, it makes sense why they would be in it, but I, I didn't yeah. expect them to be. No, um, me either. They normally stick to, to West Coast like California stuff, and they do the big races in California, but... Yeah, that's a big jump for them. They have had some good, you know, getting back to the kind of like teams having success uh, locally. They did a race recently in, forgive me, I forget the name of the race because it's not like a big national race, Santa Cruz area. And they won the whole Omnium and beat um, Lance Haydet, um, Tobin Ortenblad, um uh, several other strong uh iman yeah. lucas was there oh, so the, the cat the cat's hill one yeah that yeah. it's that one and another race are like an omnium together and mike spikes won both so yeah strong squad yeah strong for sure um and then i'm gonna mispronounce this primo velo racing is pairing with kelly benefit cycling kelly benefits being one of the premier like young guy like send guys to spain kind of uh development teams they're the gonna kid be who crashed strong. me out at uh at <laughs> sunny king last year was from go watch my sunny king video oh, see a kid in that in that kit hook bars with somebody on the last lap Jeez, but like big, that yeah they're they're always pretty strong um big aggressive liam, junior energy there yep liam flanagan 
uh, ex national champion. Patton Sims was like a track national champion at some point. Like they have a strong oh, yeah. squad. Yeah, um, Patton is a beast. I've had to race yep. him a bunch. Yeah, and then he's good. Yep, they're pairing with and then Roxo Racing is pairing with Volley Factory Racing. Roxo Racing has been one of those women's teams that's been knocking on the door in some national and regional crits, but have just kind of been overshadowed by the Legion, the Legion's yeah. LA Sweats of the world, but they're strong, and I think they'll they'll be able they're, to compete for sure. They're one of those teams that, like, they did step up their level, but they did it at the exact same time that Legion stepped up their level, so it was like yep. the entire, everything just moved up uh, around them, and they kind of stayed at the same spot in the field, but going faster, if that makes sense. It's like the whole, yep. the whole field sped up and they stayed fifth wheel. Right. Yeah. That that's exactly what happened. Um, Valet factory racing. I can't name anybody who's on them, but they've been a pretty solid domestic elite team for a couple of years. Um, do you, are you familiar with anyone on their roster now? I feel like I've raced with some of them like on Zwift and on RGT. I think some of them did, uh, echelon racing league so yes i think but I, no no names are coming to mind i've definitely seen them they they were a usa crits team so gotcha yeah yeah they've been around a minute and then team skyline this is going to be a fun one to watch i think team skyline is a team that can step up to the ncl teams in a real way um, maybe a UCI. little bit of a sleeper hit yeah they've yeah. they're uci team they're going to be they're going to be ripping. I think they've been doing mostly, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think they've been mostly doing the sort of dying out stage races recently that like have not gotten a lot of coverage. So I'm not sure if like they've been on the radar as much as some of the crit teams that are not like UCI teams. So it'll be interesting to see like, how they go in this in this league i mean it's a totally different format and yeah i'm just not sure we've seen them mixing it up with this group of teams before so kind of a wild card there or like overlooked because the races they've been doing have not been getting a ton of coverage yeah. I will say one of uh, Wolfgang Brandel I think was on their team did well at Speed Week last year but he was kind of just like racing it um privateer style but like made several winning breaks at speed week definitely said his name a lot on this podcast or on yep. this on this show on this channel yeah and then the the last team is team superbars.com they're fielding a men's and women's squad kind of like a regional one two three team in the southeast yeah um we guys we race with a lot some folks on that we've we've worked with them to bring breaks back in races before. Um, yeah. Pretty like yeah, we, strong squad overall. Auburn, Auburn race last year with, um, who was in that break? It was like Matt Govero, um, Brock Mason, maybe up there. Yeah. Owen shot was up there and like our team and Supra got together to, to work, to bring that back. So yeah, got a lot of familiarity with that squad and that's a men's and women's together. Yeah. So th those are the 10 squads that are that are pairing up for NCL. Now let, let's get into the pros and cons because yeah. I did one of the things we're going to talk about is the teams and I wanted to make sure there was full context before we dove into yeah. that. That was a good idea. So this was I, I was kind of like mulling around in my mind 
since this is a uh, a Twitch stream, a show, I wanted to do something that like had a visual element, but will also translate for the audio listener and something like a tier list made sense, but like there's not a tier of NCL. So we're just doing like a pros and cons list, but we're going to do it much the same way that, that a, um, an Anthony Fantano might rank albums by a certain artist or something. We're going to, we're going to do it in that style, throw some garbage pictures on here and just use it as a jumping off point to kind of talk about each thing. Um, I guess I'll jump straight in here and say, uh, first thing on my mind is writers getting paid is a big pro, I would say. Yeah. So the, the teams are well, and some of these, some of these are going to be more like esoteric concepts than others. And some of them are going to be a little bit more concrete, but I think the fact that the NCL has two teams and those riders are being paid well is is a huge pro. Generally, teams in American racing are not getting, you know, living salaries. So the fact that some riders are, I would say, is a big, big W for NCL. Yep. Yeah, I mean, their riders are getting paychecks, which is what we're hoping, what we're wanting the end game of crits to be as a actual professional you can pay your bills and buy a house eventually career and that that's what they're providing to their riders and that's been the goal i mean like that's something i've i've lauded if i was going to say something i like about legion the fact that that is their goal is to um make a level of racing in america that is a goal unto itself not just a stepping stone to, to europe like it's more yep. like choosing to go to Europe is like choosing to race mountain bike. It's just like a different thing from road. It's not like a, a stair step above. It's just a different option. Um, right. I will say some of these uh, images for the visual people watching right now, some of these that are more esoteric concepts, I literally just typed them into one of the AI image generators. So what I typed in here was cyclists getting paid. So that's what <laughs> that's what you're seeing right here. This is what an ai um thinks that that looks like i think that's the ai is a nice touch yeah so you want to throw one of your pros or cons out here well i guess we'll go back and forth like that let's go tit for tat one pro one con um one con is going to be lack of organizational clarity i'm going to call that i'm going to call that tech bro energy i had a similar con and a similar uh image so there's a lot of uh, like big, big flowery, flowery language about revolutionizing things and changing the game, and then a lack of specifics on like how that is being done. Or, or yeah, D- does that sort of cover what you were thinking there? Yeah, that's wanna... exactly what it is. Is like there's a lot of copy and a lot of like marketing speak, and very little like they're doing the. I'm going to give you as little info until it's time to show all my cards. And then here's my hand. And they, and my, they haven't shown the hand yet. So it's like, you're just kind of like grasping and there's not a lot of clarity on what's actually going right. on. Yeah. It, it feels like it could be vaporware. Hence the picture of this Theranos founder. I, I think for this, I Googled <laughs> like uh disgraced tech founders or something like that. So we've got a picture of, 
There's Martin Shkreli behind bars, and then um, the woman from Theranos. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, very poorly photoshopped image uh, of the two of them. But I I mentioned on the Criterium Nation episode that I get kind of a tech company pitch, which like could end up being a pro in the long run if they find a way to cash flow it. But it seems like the strategy of tech companies and of all of these other companies that are maybe not necessarily a tech company, but want to frame themselves that way. I'm thinking of your Ubers, your lifts is to just, it's like, it's like the South park thing of like step one blank, step two question mark, step three money bag, like the step two question mark. I'm still seeing the step two question mark there, but the, the plan is just to come in hot, eat up market share scale and then once you have scale then you figure out how to make it profitable and what we're seeing like in the transportation space is that your um ubers and lifts and like they've not yet found a way to do that now i see that being more possible there because there is some level of like inelastic demand for transportation so if you can get a stranglehold on that market there is money to be made there potentially, but I'm not sure you corner the market on cycling. Step two, question mark, step three profit. I just don't. It's a big question mark. Like, and they may, I've heard all kinds of plans that they may have some, some ideas about turning it into a cycling studio business or metaverse subscription model, or I just, I don't know. That's that that is the deal with all of these companies is it's like I'm going to assume it's vaporware until it's not. Um yeah. All right, if we're going pros and cons, I'm going to say just the riders and teams that are in NCL, like I want to see the riders that they have racing. They've got yeah. so I've got an image of Clever Martinez from um Intelligentsia Cup. I'm really excited to see him on on this team. I think He's been an exciting racer to watch, and he was most exciting two seasons ago when he was a little bit outgunned, actually, on the um, Rockland Velo was the name of that team. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's the thing with Clever. You have Frank Travieso. Like, I'm biased because Gabe Mendez is a longtime friend of mine, but I'm excited to see him race. Um, Sergio Hanau, like, some of the World Tour people in the, that are coming in like um watching skyline and texas roadhouse like all of these teams like i'm excited to watch who they have like personality wise individuals in the race yeah i i'm gonna say that pairs directly with another one i've got though which is a con is who they don't have so you you've got all the teams that turned them down uh we got a picture of justin and Corey here but legion most notably turned them down uh pretty publicly i think they released a statement saying like hey we're we're not doing ncl um yep. and that's that's a big con you know i i want to see the fact that we're not going to have clever and justin going head to head in these races is going to be a negative for a lot of people who who care on some level about crit racing there are a lot of people who are like truly in it for your legions or 
I think Automatic is honestly getting there at this point. Like they've done yeah. a lot of work around sort of building, building a brand and building a following, and there are definitely Tom heads who are like, "I'll I'll wait for the races that Automatic is going to race." Yeah, like I think just overall, there's also like a team disparity piece where like some of the teams aren't as well supported as some of the others. Like these like premier level teams, your Legion, Automatic. Um, was that a separate whole separate point? No, nope, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Like Legion automatic, um, American cycling, CS Velo 2024. Some of these like high level premier teams that we known to watch all the time, longstanding that we know and love are not participating that are well supported that do have the roster strength. Um, aren't, aren't in, and some of the teams that are in, I, I don't think have the overall strength and support uh, there, yeah. to be as competitive. There are some teams that are in there that will struggle to be relevant in a race with a team as well supported and well put together as like your um, Super Bars does not have X World Tour riders in the same way that the NCL endemic teams do, you know? Yeah there's going to be some level of disparity there. That's going to make it um, a little bit one-sided now. I mean, American racing has always been, or at least recently has, has been like that, but within the NCL races themselves, there's going to be a pretty big like stratification between the teams where like people are making salaries and people are not making salaries. And I think you're going to see that play out in the racing both because of like the talent level that the teams that are paying a salary can attract. And just the fact that like, if you're getting a salary to race your bike, you're going to be able to dedicate more training time. You know, there's, there's just like a level of dedication thing that I think is going to play out. If it's also like, if it's your job, you're, you're going to take more risks. You're going to work that much harder because it's your paycheck on the line. Right. Like if it's, if this is your your weekend, like I'm flying out to Boulder and then I'm flying right back Sunday night and I'm sitting at a desk Monday through Friday, yeah. like you're you're not gonna take a risk doing the race that's gonna jeopardize your ability to make your paycheck on Monday. Like yeah. So there's there's less of that all in mentality to it. Yeah, totally. And there there's also gonna be a stratification, I think, between the NCL teams that have had like I think a little bit more time to wrap their minds around this format and the ability to practice a little bit, at least early on. And yeah. the teams that signed up, you know, potentially in the last couple of weeks that are just now, you know, scrambling the jets to be like, all right, we've got a, we've got a race points race now, points races now. And we've never done that. So, right. It's, it's, in Miami, it's going to be a little bit of a growing pain, but I think by Atlanta, by DC, there like some of these teams that are new to it are going to figure it out. Um, let's let's get into next? another another pro. So I'm not the only yeah. one. Throwing, just so I'm not throwing only cons out. Yeah, go for it. I, a pro is the big city venues. Yeah, so for sure. Miami, Atlanta, DC. I'm drawing a blank on the third. Is it Denver? Um, like these, you're going to catch people who aren't cycling people that are going to just be walking through downtown. Like, Oh, what is this? Or Miami, they're going to be going to the beach. 
and they're going to yep. see a big bike festival and a lot of fanfare and wonder what's going on. Um, I think that's one of the biggest positives is that they are. Yeah, they've gotten it not, right with um, yeah. like choosing some. I that that is a pro if they can pull it off. I will say one thing: yeah. like we debated talking about a rumor that's flying around. One of the things that people have talked to me about in the interim period between the Criterium Nation appearance and this show is that there were rumors that Atlanta is not happening. Um, Ben did some digging on that. And what we found was that their um, permit for the Atlanta race, if you look up the public permit, which we did, it says that it was canceled by the organizer. Now, when contacted about that, Paris Wallace of the NCL said that they were changing the venue and it's not going to be at the um, Olympic Park is where it was going to be. Yeah. So like, if you've been to Centennial Olympic Park, it's where the CNN Center is. It's where the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is. Like it's like and there's the big Ferris wheel. Like it's like the middle of Atlanta. So I imagine yeah. that's a pretty exp- those are some pretty expensive blocks to close. Yeah. So I put this in the pro column of like, it is great to have these races in places that already have a level of like density and vibrancy, but also potential caveat that that makes it really hard to actually do. Yeah. So I do like, this is a separate thought that I had because, so I'll I'll just throw it out here since we're kind of talking about the same thing. Go for it. Okay. The races are going to be in high traffic areas. So it's not one of those things where it's, the Atlanta Olympics, but the race is in Conyers, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're saying it's the Miami race and we're doing it on Ocean Boulevard. Or like it's Atlanta and we're doing it at Centennial Olympic Park. Like they're doing it, they're doing these races in areas that are like middle of the city. People are going to be there. I think that's a big pro. Um, yeah, I really do. I'm going to say if you're in the chat right now, throw, throw some pros and cons in there. Let's talk about them. I want to be uh, in- interacting with the chat, you know, a little bit more than we have been in the past. Um, yeah. Give a little incentive for people to watch live. I'm going to throw, I think we've got more pros than cons, honestly, on the list I've got. I, so I an- another one I um, AI generated is uh, I think I typed like gender and racial equity in cycling. And it just gave me this uh, picture, just some amorphous, uh, people who don't even have real faces riding bikes, but the the pro there is uh, NCL is doing a lot around parity and racial and gender equity in their league, which I think is positive. They have a lot of uh, athletes that are people of color that are non-endemic to cycling that are invested, and they also have... I think it's good that there there have been a lot of efforts throughout cycling um, to elevate women's racing to the level of men's racing. And a lot of those have been good things like uh, in cyclocross, maybe making the women's event, the final event of the day. So it's like in that premier spot, things like that have been tried, but truly this format makes the women's race. It, it is not even just separate. It's not separate from the men's. It is that score goes into the men's score. It is weighted completely equally. So Yep. you don't have the option to not care about the women's race if you care about the actual standings and finish of the race. Yeah, that's the main thing is like in order for Miami Knights to win NCL 
Invitational in Miami, their women's team has to perform as well as the men's team. Like, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't happen. Like, you can you can pay women equally, you can make the prize purses equal, you can do all of this, but at the end of the day, like, what what makes this truly equal is it's all weighted the same for the whole team. There's not women's team and men's team and men's results and women's results. It's to it's one result that both races are going into. Yeah, someone in the chat mentions, uh, am I mis- misunderstanding something? Or are the two NCL teams both owned by the owners of the NCL league? And is that not a blatant conflict of interest, especially if they're racing for money against non-NCL teams? Yes. I'm going to say that's a major con, and I'm not sure how to sum that up in a funny little image, but I'm going to say, and that's a problem I had, honestly, with like Legion building out multiple teams and then doing Lion's Den as well, is it does seem like, and I'm not saying that anything untoward is going to happen. I mean, these are races that haven't happened yet, so how could I comment on that? But it sets up an incentive for and i think you saw this criticism of legion for it sets up an incentive to stack the deck in your own team's favors and when legion did lion's den which i think it's i think it's fair to say that this is like a natural outgrowth of the lion's den type model when legion did lion's den they got a lot of flack for building a course that directly suits their team fielding two teams in the race they were just and then doing the like it's the biggest prize person cycling and we're gonna win it ourselves like there was i think rightfully so a lot of flack about that so i think that's a fair criticism i think their goal is to get to a point where they have an entire league of teams that they own so i think there's not inter-competition that makes more sense to me but they're not there yeah well there's two point there's two pieces to it like the first being that their long-term goal is to have 10 teams they own that are part of the league that are operating separately. But then also the, the key difference between the Legion model, the Legion aviators blazers model. And these two is that the owner of the NCL teams is not racing. Yeah. Like, so they, and, and we know for a fact the Denver Miami teams don't collude they don't intermingle with each other. They have no contact unless they know each See, other. And are okay, that like we, we know that they're not mingling. You know, that's where it gets muddy for me because that was a thing that Legion said about they were like, well, our two teams are racing against each other in Lions Den, and it's like, sure, but it's still uh, it's it's a non-competitive atmosphere. Now, what I if NCL gets to the scale that they own the whole thing, I like the fact that NCL has an ownership group. And then the teams are franchises within that versus if Legion were to build Lions Den or CRT into an entire league. um, And then the people who essentially own the league are racing in the league. Like you said, that that is uh, that's another level of complication that I think NCL strips out sort of. But yeah, I'm going to put in the negative. column there all of the stuff about money that we raised on um criterium nation which you know 
there there was a lot of lack of clarity around they kept saying million dollar prize purse and then it turned out that million dollars was conditional based on uh one team having to win multiple races within the series to unlock that million dollars there was just a lot of like i i don't know chicanery maybe is the word yeah like to get the million dollars, you have to win everything. Like you have to clean sweep, and then you unlock that. T- like it's tiered, and I get it was weird. Um, yeah, it's like the the prize for winning four races was not a million dollars. There's an additional bonus that brings the total to a million only if someone wins all of that money. Which, and that, I mean, I think I think that's a cool thing. Like, I people are gonna hate on me after I say this, and that's fine. I'm in a, I'm in career sales, and like one of those things is. You hit your quarterly quota your every year, and then you get a bonus annual quota if you hit each of your quarterly quotas, right? Right. So I think, like, I think, like, if that's the model, and it's if you get 100k for winning each four race, and then you get 600 if you hit all four of those. I don't hate that. I don't hate that model. So my problem is less that, and I think Rob from Criterium Nation did a great job. Also, Rob said he might be tuning in. So Rob, if you're here, chime in, chime in in the chat. But Rob made a good point about it, which was the the thing that was shady about it is that that, until our episode came out, was not very clearly spelled out um, in a public place. So publicly, they kept saying million dollars, million dollars, million dollars but they had not said publicly like how you get to that million dollars. So I think that was yeah. the kind of like a, a little That's bit fair. of a bait and switch. Yeah. Criticism. Yeah. Um, let's see, you got one you want to throw out? Yeah. I'll throw a, um, a pro in there since we spent like five minutes. Yeah. Talking shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the level of professionalism within the NCL teams is a big pro to me. Um, just like the way they're operating, like having everything paid out, paying salaries, everything being equal, like that's the level of professionalism that we want to see in all of the criterium teams that are seeing at a pro level. Yeah. Um, and like they're doing it maybe like possibly to their own detriment where it's like, sure everyone's getting the team five team polos and they're getting a race race bike and a training bike and all of this, but yeah, it's there. And that's what we we should be aspiring to. You're saying Um, there's a danger. They're going to burn through their runway too fast, but it's good that they are. I think truly like Legion kind of brought the expectation up to that level. Yeah. And it's good that NCL is like, uh, kind of saying like, this is the standard. If you want to be like a, a serious team, even just racing crits or primarily racing crits, their teams are doing some stage races, but yeah, like this is the level in American stage racing. And it was that Legion was the only team that was on that level of professionalism. And now it's not okay. Someone in the chat has said, will this only be on GCN plus that brings me to uh, an interesting one, which I'm calling this. I'm going to let it land right in the middle um gcn plus it, it it will be streaming only on gcn plus which i think is actually a pro and a con i think this is the only one that like splits the middle of this venn diagram because i think it's good that 
it being on GCN plus um, leads me to believe that the coverage and maybe I'm just falling for falling for it, but that leads me to believe that the coverage will at least be good and it will be somewhere that I can get to it easily. Yeah. Um, but also if their their vision for this and something they've talked about a lot is getting non cycling people to watch the racing no one who's not a cycling fan is going to be able to access it on GCN plus. Now that may be, um, they, they may have a whole plan around this. They may be creating, you know, uh, highlights packages and shipping them off to ESPN and trying to get on, you know, what, whatever that I don't know, but they will only be live streaming on GCN plus from what I understand, which yeah. Like, we know they're partnering with Metalist Sports for their like streaming, which has been super reliable. So we know it's Metalist Sports doing the coverage and then it's going to GCN Plus. So like we know it's going to be reliable. We're not going to have these random outages that we had with some other races last year. Um, but again, it's it's a streaming service that is cycling endemic. Nobody knows what GCN is besides cyclists. And it's it's paywalled also. Yeah. It's not just going on the GCN YouTube channel. It's going right. in the GCN plus paywalled, you know, yeah. separate app service. Right. And th- thankfully GCN plus is not an expensive streaming platform. Like it's $6 a month, maybe $7 a month. It is dollars a year. Yeah. It's by far the most reasonable of them, yeah. especially if you use a VPN and you watch all the stuff you're not supposed to, you can get yep. a pretty good value out of GCN. I mean, there's more, even when I was injured and I was doing 12 hours a week on the trainer, like there were some weeks where there was more on GCN plus than I could watch in 12 hours because there were multiple stage races going on at the same time. Yep. It's, it's a lot of content and it's yeah. good. But I mean, I was really hoping it was going to be on ESPN. Like uh, that's what I wanted because think about, how many households in America have ESPN turned on 24-7 no matter what, whether they're watching Sports Center or Around the Horn or whatever game is on or highlights. Like, you know, so that was gonna catch somebody somewhere who didn't give a rip about cycling until they until it just caught their eye that minute, you know? Sure. My my hope was actually I get that, but I think like the next evolution is that we as cycling quit trying to be every other sport. And, and like, I think the, the next evolution is, is putting it on, um, every platform. Like I think a league that is going live to Twitch, Facebook, TikTok, all the things. And they're, they're doing them all well. Like they're not just like if, if a league could actually engage um, with audiences on all of those platforms, maybe even in a um, distinct way that is like, you know, ha- have the the little things that pop up on the screen when someone subscribes on TikTok, like like you know, like TikTok streamers do, and have um, you know, diff- different chats and things that are uh specific to all of those platforms and also go to all those platforms where people are already watching everything um yeah. i think that's maybe like the the best bang for your buck so pro pro and con on gcn um i will say ncl being put on gcn plus like because we do this podcast it moved the needle for me to go ahead and 
subscribe. So like there is, there is that. Yeah. And we've had at least one person in the chat, Matt in the, in the chat of the show right now said, I signed up for GCN plus for NCL. So that, that is a real thing. I guess that's a thing that's happening. So move the needle. Oh, I'm going to say I bookmarked this in my mind. hadn't said it. If you're not subscribed to GCN, there is a discount code. If you go through, there's an NCL discount code. So search for that. Um, it's a few bucks off and I'm sure it helps out the NCL if you do that. But even if you don't want to watch NCL races, you can subscribe to GCN for a little bit cheaper. So definitely do that. Uh, I'm going to throw out what I think is, I think I got one more of each here. So I'm going to go my last, I'm going to go my last con and then we'll end on a pro. How's that? So that works. My last con. I have another con. Okay. So let's do two cons and a pro. Sure. You go. Okay. There's no individual recognition. I think it's a con. Because like, I want to see the stats for how many points Frank Travieso scores. And like, I think it'd be cool to like have recognition for the person who scores the most amount of points that weekend or for the series. And like, that's, that's going to be missing. So I think it's a con that there is only team team recognition. Um, I'd like to see both. I I don't know. I can see that as a pro and a con. I'm going to put it in that column. Um, I, I think that was one of the things that really rubbed Rob Kelly of Criterium Nation the wrong way is he kept saying like everyone should just understand already that it is a team sport. And and that's a point he tries to make on that show a lot is that um even in crit racing where there is one winner and an individual winner, that winner is the result of the work of their entire team. Yeah. Uh I don't hate that it is a different format. And I think my I, I kind of am more like amenable to that format because I've done ZRL races in um in Zwift and enjoyed that format and I it is I don't know, it's different. I like it. Um yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. But all right, here's my my other con, which this one's a little bit esoteric, but it's just the the rock racingness of it all. And I say that th- this is my go to example on Criterium Nation, but just the fact that like in cycling we have seen uh these large promises sort of flame out several times. It's kind of a thing that even with the original NCL, it seems like there were some bigger and bigger promises made. And at some point the checks didn't, the checks started to bounce and that's just a cycle we see over and over. So I'm going to say just like it is an uphill battle. Even if this league is not um, structured in a way where that is going to happen, the reality of the history of things like that happening is a ding against them. Like that, that puts them on an uphill They're they're starting uphill and they got to get clipped in. Yeah. I mean, the thing is cycling fans and cyclists and pro races have been burned so many times that whether it's teams folding and paychecks not being cashed or riders that we love and look up to getting popped for doping, like we just get burned so often that it's hard to 
like fully support something without seeing the proof first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many reasons for healthy skepticism. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to say the last pro that we sort of both, and this is something that we both put in the pro column. Yep. I think other people might put it in the cons, but, um, points racing, I am excited to watch points racing. Like I was saying a minute ago, uh, I've done like a format like that in ZRL and enjoyed it. Uh, I think it makes for interesting racing. I don't love the structure theoretically again i'm only like gaming this out in my mind of there being points on every single lap i think that's going to kind of like mute how intense those sprints are but i like that it's a different format i like that we're trying something out and i do think that it'll be interesting to watch yeah what do you think about that yeah, again, I put the points racing in my pros as well. I think it it'll like bring some fresh air into it, make it a little bit different. Um I think it it'll do one of two things with the the points being available every lap. It'll either mute those sprints or which I think the NCL is thinking, which it will like make those much more intense and like create a little more like jockeying for position a little bit more. Uh, make it a little yeah, more know. aggressive each lap i don't like i'm not convinced one of two ways yeah i mean i guess we're gonna find out on and it may be that like the first one kind of goes one way and then teams have to like re rework their game plan um yeah you know what we said we were going to end on a positive but i do have one more which is a, a negative that you know thinking about the race format is making me think of which is the races are too short these are yeah. going to be short, short races from watching the 94 Toronto race that we were looking at earlier. It was like a 45 minute race and maybe not all of it was televised. There's some commercial breaks in there and they did a halftime, but it seemed like an extremely short race. And it was also 30 laps and the laps were like, you know, a minute 45 or something like that. So we may be seeing some extremely short races, which I think. I think NCL sees as a positive for people's attention spans and maybe the ability to um, broadcast something that is more bite-sized. But for me as a fan, um, the races that have been most interesting in recent years have been longer races. Well, I'm going to push back on that. Okay. Okay. Think about the 100K Tour de France stages that have been absolutely explosive yeah. and extremely impactful for the GC. So I, I, it'll, it'll be either of the two where it's like not short enough and people aren't getting tired or because it's so short, people are going to blow through their matchbook and it's going to explode. Yeah, and I think that's what NCL is betting on. I'm just not sure that... So like... Uh, a a short stage within a grand tour has been very exciting recently. And I think that is because those stages are too long. I think we may just be zeroing in on what is the, um, optimal, optimal length for an exciting race on road bikes. And I think what we're going to find is that somewhere around the two hour mark is for a viewer, the sweet spot of like, it's long enough that 
dynamics play out and like the cream rises to the top, but not, you know, a um, Milan San Remo level, insanely long slog. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, you know, I, I think, you, I think UCI mountain bike has it right at 90 minutes. Like, yeah, agreed. no one, no one's saying, God, that race was too short or that race was too long. They're like, yeah, 90 minutes. I know what I'm getting. And like, Sometimes it's Nino Scherter out front for 45 minutes, and sometimes it's a group of five battling for 90 minutes, and you don't know what's going to happen to the last lap. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that 90 minute mark is 90 minutes to two hours is probably ideal. But again, maybe with point sprints every lap and re- like team disparity and things like that, I think maybe the NCL being that 45 probably closer to 45 minutes if we're being real um 45 minutes may see some really intense hard racing that might make it more exciting than something that's 90 minutes too like we we just don't know until we see it unfortunately yeah so i think you've hit a good note to close it on which is we're not going to know until we see it um i am still open to it being good uh we're we're going to find out on saturday um we'll be watching we'll be talking about it next time on this show you got any other closing thoughts ben no that's about it we we just won't know what the ncl looks like until we see it on saturday cool well hope everybody has enjoyed the show um thanks again to rob from criterium nation for having me on that program i'm sure they'll be talking about uh the ncl as well after the fact yeah uh I want to say, like, I would love to right now say, like, oh, look for X and Y content on this YouTube channel about NCL. But truly, the way that this first race goes is going to dictate what kind of content I do about it. So I'm going to wait and see, like, what the important storylines are. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. The best way to to stay up to date on that and see what content is coming is like this video yes. subscribe <laughs> turn notifications on follow We're us on spotify apple music wherever you get your you know wherever you get your podcast if it's apple Podcasts, like subscribe that's going to be where everything happens yep we're next time we need to say that before an hour and 26 minutes in but yep yes definitely <laughs> we'll get better at that next time thanks everybody appreciate it see you guys next time see ya